This is the Public News Service Daily Newscast, March 28, 2022. I'm Tramel Gomes. There is a general sense that the pandemic phase of COVID-19 is ending after two years, barring a new and more severe strain. But healing from the damage is a process. Homelessness ticked up, now affecting more than half a million people in the U.S., according to the World Population Review. California's State Assembly is considering extending some eviction protections for another three months. Their hearing is today. Suzanne Potter has the story. The move comes as time is running out for people to apply to the Emergency Rental Assistance Program, which stops accepting applications on Thursday. Housing attorney Tina Rosales with the Western Center on Law and Poverty says people who lost their income as a result of the pandemic should apply now on housing.ca.gov. The program will pay 100 percent of back rent and rent going forward for a total of 18 months. Landlords and tenants both can apply. The eviction protections are designed to stave off a wave of homelessness because approximately 366,000 people are waiting for their applications to be processed. Hunger and security also went in the wrong direction, meaning lack of access to enough healthy food. According to the Food Research and Action Center, last year, financial strain caused one in every 25 U.S. households to regularly skip meals or eat less. Paul Gaither with the Central Texas Food Bank describes the situation in Austin. Before the pandemic, we were spending every month about $100,000 to purchase food to supplement donated food that we would get. Um, During the pandemic, that went up to about a million dollars a month, 10 times more every month. Uh, And we're not seeing that ease off. Federal COVID relief funds that helped expand access to school meals for all kids are set to expire in June. Advocates in Colorado are urging lawmakers to make that investment permanent. Eric Galatis reports. Ashley Whelan with Hunger Free Colorado says in addition to reducing child hunger and food insecurity, a new bill making its way through the legislature will give food producers across the state access to a reliable customer base and fair prices for their goods. It has some funding for school districts to purchase healthy local food from our Colorado ranchers and our Colorado farmers and make sure that we're investing back into our state as we're investing in food for children. Some critics of Senate Bill 87 argue that free meals could create government dependency. Whelan says the program can also put an end to lunch line shaming that low-income kids experience. We've had families who testified at the committee that their child came home with a number written on their arm of what the family owed the school for school meals. This is PNS. Advocates for small farms and ranches in North Carolina say these businesses are ready to step in and make sure people can get local, affordable meats and produce. But they need more resources. Nadia Ramlagan has more. The USDA says shoppers will be paying 3 to 4 percent more for food this year and about 6 percent more to eat out. B. Ray Jeffers of the Rural Advancement Foundation International, or RAFI USA, says to reliably feed communities, small farmers need more access to processing and storage facilities and transportation options. Anyone establishing new business has hurdles to overcome, but when you toss in unhelpful government policies, access to land prices, unaffordable capital, and physical demanding work into the mix, a new level of challenge uh, shows itself. He says rising supply and equipment costs are further squeezing the ag industry. 
Fertilizer has shot up. It also uses byproducts of oil refining. The International Energy Agency says if everyone adopted their 10 fuel-saving tips, it would make up for the shortage caused by boycotting Russian oil. One of the challenges of renewable energy is transmission and storage, including batteries that rely on key minerals. According to a document leaked to The Intercept, the Biden administration is considering an executive order to invoke the Defense Production Act. The act might make it easier to mine for key minerals on public lands, but some of those lands are already threatened by old energy production. Details from Roz Brown. The American Petroleum Institute is pushing to allow more oil and gas drilling on public lands and slash regulations faced by fossil fuel firms. It comes at a time when public lands already face a loss of biodiversity with the extinction of animal and plant species due to climate change. John Leshy, who has spent much of the past five decades working on public lands issues, says one-third of the 550 national wildlife refuges are located along the coastlines. And many of them are facing inundation as the sea levels rise. The glaciers are disappearing from Glacier National Park. The Joshua trees and the Sequoia trees are disappearing from the parks that are named after them. Leshy is a former solicitor of the U.S. Interior Department. Meanwhile, a bipartisan effort in Congress to curb the loss of plant and animal species could get a Senate committee vote as soon as this week. The Recovering America's Wildlife Act would invest $1.4 billion annually in state and tribal conservation efforts. Mike Leahy with the National Wildlife Federation calls it a silent crisis. There is awareness of some of the more charismatic species out there that are in decline, but there is widespread wildlife and biodiversity declines with pollinators, aquatic species, fish, various types of birds. This is Tremel Gomes for Public News Service. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.